0: Giants come in all sorts, of shapes, and sizes. We face them all the time in life. Miranda mentioned cancer. Cancer's a giant. You're very familiar with that, with that giant. Yeah. Lots of giants. But the good news about this story is God has given each of us unique talents, as long as we fight that giant on our terms with God's help there is nothing that you can't do that's what this story is about so before we get into scripture let's pray Lord, I pray that you would empty all my thoughts, except my thoughts of you, and that my words would not be mine, but they'd be yours, that you would give us the gift this morning of your Holy Spirit, that you would give us something this morning that we can take with us and use that this morning wouldn't just be about satisfying obligations and rituals and and doing something on Sunday morning because we've always done it Lord but that we could actually meet you this morning that we could be stirred by your spirit that we could be warmed by your presence and that in all things you would get the victory and you would get the glory in thy name we pray amen so we're going to start back in verse one and we're going to kind of teeter through the rest of this chapter. We're going to hit it exegetically, okay? The Philistines gathered their forces for war at Sakah in Judah and camped between Sakah and Nazakah. In Ephs, Daminam, Saul and the men of Israel gathered and camped in the valley of Elah. And they lined up in the battle formation to face the Philistines. The Philistines were standing on one hill and the Israelites were standing on another hill with a ravine between them. All right. So, a little history. Elah is a valley in Israel. It's still there today. And for about 6,000 years, that little strip uh, of land in the Middle East has been a heavily, heavily fought for Heavily desired little piece of property, and in David's time, about three thousand years ago, the Israelites were having to fight the Philistines for it constantly. Now, the Philistines were were from they weren't actually from the area. They were from Crete, all right. They were they were they were from a little little spot in Greece and Asia Minor, and they they were they were ship people. So they sailed down to that little part of uh, what we now call it Israel and they try to fight the Israelites for their land so they, 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 were, they were fighting all the time this battle was a heated one because it was for a very very precious little piece of property in Israel the valley of Eli so the Israelites camped on one side of the hill and the Philistines camped on another hill why would they just sit there and wait for, for somebody to start it's battle tactics it's strategy when they were both on each, each hill, each team, each, each country had the upper hand. They had the, the, the advantage of, uh, of not having to fight uphill. And so what they were doing is they were sitting there waiting for the other army to advance. So they would have the advantage of upper ground, higher ground. All right? It's just basic strategy. So they're sitting there on these, on these hills, and they're waiting for the other, the other army to advance. And it's getting a while. It's getting long. Days are turning into weeks, turning into months. And remember, there's only a, a time, a short time where you can actually have these kinds of fights in this part of the world because desert storms and weather and rainy season, you don't want to fight during the rainy season. All these things factor into when you can have a good fight. So they're running out of time. And that's when the champion from the Philistines comes. And what he's going to do Because he's going to try to pick a fight and he's going to try to scare the other army into advancing and losing the higher ground. All right? psyops, Battle strategy. That's what he's doing. Then a champion named Goliath from Gath came out from the Philistines' camp. He was nine feet, nine inches tall, and wore a bronze helmet, a bronze scale armor that weighed 125 pounds. Bronze armor on his shins and bronze javelin was slung between his shoulders. His spear shaft was like a weaver's beam, and the iron point of his spear weighed 15 pounds. In addition, an attendant was walking in front of him. Now, ask yourself that question. Why was somebody that tall carrying that much gear? Why would he need an attendant, usually a, a younger boy, walking in front of him, carrying a shield? Why would, he do, why, why would that happen? Because somebody that tall, that heavy, with that much armor could carry his own shield. And then that day they did. So why would he, did he need somebody walking out guiding him to where he needed to be? You ever thought about that in this story? So if you pay attention, scripture will give you hints. He stood and shouted to the Israelites the battle formations. Why do you come out to line up in battle formation, he asked them. Am I not a Philistine? Are you not a servant of Saul? Choose one of your men and have him come down against me. If he wins in a fight against me and kills me, we will be your servants. But if I win against him and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. The Philistine, then the, Philist- the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel today. Send me a man so we can fight each other. When Saul and all Israel heard these words from the Philistine, they lost their courage and were terrified. That's what giants are really good at doing. So further down scripture we'll read that, that, that Goliath stands out there day and night toning the Israelite army and he's got Saul Trained fighting men are quivering in front of this giant. They're scared to death. I love how scripture introduces him. In walks David, basically. Alright, we're in verse 12. Now David was the son of an Ephorite from Bethlehem of Judah, named Jesse. Okay, Bethlehem will get a lot of notoriety about a thousand years after this battle takes place. You know what I'm talking about? It's where Jesus was born. Named Jesse. Jesse had eight sons, and during Saul's reign was already an old man. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. Their names were Elah, the firstborn, Abdenah, the next, and Shema, the third. And David was the youngest. The three oldest had followed Saul, but David kept going back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's flock in Bethlehem. Now why would he go back and forth to an army? Now he was a boy, but that area, there's been boy soldiers in that area for a long time. So why was David going back and forth? Because David was a part of the army. And he wasn't an infantry. And he wasn't a foot soldier. What was he? Every morning and evening for 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand. Every morning and every evening. You know that you've got a giant in your life when it's the last thing you think of before you finally fall asleep and the first thing you think about when you wake up. If you got those kind of issues, you got some giants in your life that need taken out. One day Jesse had told his son David, Take this half bushel of roasted grain along with these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. I also take these ten portions of cheese to the field commander. Check on the well, and you know, check on the well-being of your brothers and bring confirmation from them. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David got up early in the morning and left the flock with someone to keep it, loaded up and set out as Jesse had charged him. He arrived at the perimeter of the camp as the army was marching out to the battle formation, shouting their battle cry. Israel and the Philistines lined up in battle formation, facing each other. David left his supplies in the care of the quartermaster and ran to the battle line. When he arrived, he asked his brothers how they were. And while he was speaking with them, suddenly the champion named Goliath, the Philistine from Gath, came forward from the Philistine battle line and shouted with his usual words, which David heard. When all the Israelites, when all the Israelite men saw Goliath, they retreated from him, terrified. Previously, an Israelite man had declared, Do you see this man who keeps coming out? He comes to defy Israel. The king will make the man who kills him very rich and will give him his daughter, which will stand at operating seizure in this day. It's just something that was done. The king will also make the family of that man's father exempt from paying taxes in Israel. David spoke to the men who were standing with him. What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The troops told him about the offer, concluding that is what will be done for the man who kills him. This giant doesn't scare David. Now there's a reason we're going to get into why he doesn't scare David. Because David's not going to fist fight him. David's not going to stand toe to toe. He's not going to fight on Goliath's terms. He's going to do something different. He's going to throw Goliath off his his stride. He's not scared of this giant. Now, David will face other giants when he becomes king. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses. But this one, he's not afraid of. David's oldest brother, Eli, listened as he spoke to the man, and he became angry with him. Why did you come down here? He asked. Why did you leave those few sheep with within the wilderness? Or who did you leave those few sheep within the wilderness? I know your arrogance and your evil heart. You came down here to see the battle. And the, older brothers have been treating younger brothers about the same way for, for 3,000 years, haven't they? What have I done now? Protested David. It was just a question. Then he turned from those beside him to others in front of them and asked about the offer. The people gave him the same answer before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul. So David had brought. So David had. Uh, excuse me. So he had David brought to him. David said to Saul, "Don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your your servant will go and fight this Philistine." But Saul replied, "You can't go and fight this Philistine. You're just a youth. You're a boy. You're young. He was probably about ten or eleven. He was a kid. And he's been a warrior since he was young." David answered Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came out and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. Then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul had his own military clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head and had him put on armor. David strapped his sword over the military clothes and tried to walk. He was not used to them. I can't walk in these. So David took them off. Instead, he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the the brook, the wadi, and put them in the pouch in his his shepherd's bag. Then with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Now there's a lot of of stuff there that I don't have time to cover. How much time do I have to talk? Man, I got 15 more minutes. Oh, man. Thank uh-huh. Well, y'all know that I've uh, been facing some giants. My polycystic kidney disorder uh, is a giant that's been having victory over me. And the medication and all the stuff that I take for it. So I did something new. I uh, stopped eating meat. Starting eating just vegetables and fruit. People thinking I was doing it to lose weight. I was really doing it to stop this incessant pain that goes on and never stops. Vegetables and fruit are an anti-inflammatory. They're a natural source of anti-inflammation. I'm not in as much pain anymore. It's still there, but it's bearable. And I don't need to swallow as many pills to get rid of it. But it was something new. It was something different. Family dinners now with uh, my mom and dad and, and sisters and their spouses and children. And they're a little bit different. They, Brandon can't eat what we eat. And David doesn't understand it. He, keep, he, keep, he told uh, mom, he says, that vegetarian in there doesn't ever eat what I eat. <laughs> I'm talking about me. David doesn't like it. Why? Because it's different. It's new. New makes him uncomfortable. Children don't like new. Children like routine. They like the same old thing. They like structure. Sometimes, though, in order to kill a giant, you have to break the old mold. You have to do something new.